Aren't there any normal people left on Earth? Or is everybody just back from hell? Hello and welcome to episode... Oh, it looks like 487 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a previews episode, but we're going to give a, some comic reviews to start. And then we'll do the previews after that. And that was just a spun quote, because we're starting out talking about Scorched, number nine, number nine, number nine, and Scorched, number ten. Read these back to back. And I was going to jump off the Scorched story, but this wants me to stick around with it, but I think I'm going to still drop off it just because it's going way longer than I wanted it to. I'll probably take it up to number 12 and then drop if they keep going. But all our characters, I mean, we got the Redeemer. We got all these damn uh, what are they called? These evil beings that are attacking everybody and they're just Finding out, this one, well, first issue nine starts out with a, basically showing us how the medieval spawn was formed, this latest meta, medieval, I don't know if there was different, different types of characters that were medieval spawn over the years, but While they're, while we're getting to see that, our rest of our team's fighting off all these other, I can't remember what the hell they're called. They're not Reapers. Uh, but they're basically based around the Plague Spawn character and they pretty much know everything about all the other characters gunslinger spawn haunt and she spawn and everything pretty much have it all planned out how they're going to kill everybody off and while this is going on we're dealing with the plague story crossing over with medieval spawn and learning about how this poor tortured child became this massive being that I'm really starting to like this character a lot more. I was never really big on the medieval spawn character, but definitely, definitely pulling me into that story of it. And then in issue 10, we get more deeper into these these damn beans. What the hell are they called again? But they're basically torturing our characters, our main group of characters, and kind of taking stuff from them from their bodies, from their taking something from their being. And we get to get introduced to the curse, another character in this issue. And Soul Crusher. And it's it also takes our meta evil spawn character storyline a little bit further. Definitely, I mean, it, I like the scorched run, but I'm just at this point where these things are just going too long, and I just want the battle to end and figure out who's gonna win over the realms of hell and all that stuff on Earth. And speaking of which, we got spawn number three 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 beautiful cover with the green 
the black, white, and green coloring and just the highlights in it. It's just wonderful looking. But uh, in here we got more of our Redeemer creatures. We get to see what's going on between Haunt and Spawn and Haunt's Alter, Alter Ego or whatever you want to call it. Testing out Spawn to see uh, see how far they can push his buttons to do certain things at the same time. We're also dealing with our Cogliasto, Cogliasto character again, a big military militant being that. Is kind of getting in the way of things and hoping to take take over the throne, kind of getting trying to talk Spawn into giving him the throne. But uh, yeah, it's this one focuses mostly on Spawn and Haunt and Haunt's alter alter ego character. The yeah, one that's a ghost, one that's a a being and it's just one thinks he can talk spawn into doing certain things and you're just gonna have to read it to see what happens and the final one we're gonna talk about is han solo and chewbacca star wars comic from marvel dead or alive part one it is a dark time for chewbacca the wookie the wookie his ship, the Millennium Falcon, is missing, along with the urn containing the remains of Crestal Danara, which he and his partner Han Solo had been contracted to obtain for Jabba the Hutt. As Keltana and her crew search for the wayward Falcon and the urn, Han Solo is believed dead, after being fatally wounded by the scoundrel Greedo. Meanwhile, Chewbacca must fight to survive on the prison planet of Golhadar. Yeah, poor Chewie goes through a bunch of crap and ends up in prison and has to help out some other characters to keep them alive along the way while watching his own back. Uh, I love how we get that little, uh, oh, what's, I'm terrible at names today, but, uh, she's that little female older lady with the glasses that's always, that popped up in some of the newer series, and it's just, ah, I, I, I love the character, but I just cannot think of her name at the moment. But she's imprisoned here. We get to meet this other gal that's imprisoned there. It's very interesting. And it is a prison planet, so they just throw whoever in jail. It's not like you're separated by any type of species or sex or anything like that. So that's just going to cause all kinds of issues. And at the same time, we got the younger side crew working on a mission and Greedo's getting himself in some trouble as usual along the way. And yeah, it's it's definitely picked up the action in this story. And uh, I like where this one went. This one definitely, I was about ready to jump off. Now I'm thinking about staying on for a few more. I didn't expect this run to go to Salon. So, what you going to do about it? <laughs> you get what you get. So, check those out. We'll get back with some previews right after this. Okay, sorry about that. I had to take care of some phone call stuff. But we are back now. Let's see where we left off. I can't remember. I think we were in the D's. So we got Dune, House of Harkonnen, number one by Boom Studios. 
the second official NYT best-selling prequel to Dune is adapted for the first time by award-winning novelist Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson and artist Michael Schieffer from Domino, unveiling a closer look at the rising conflict between beloved characters and bitter villains Fans will gain insight into how the early years of iconic figures Gurney Halleck, Lady Jessica, and Leet Kynes had their future shaped by the complex and brutal machinations of House of Harkonnen. What difficult choices will tear Leo Atreus apart as Baron Harkonnen plots against not just House of Atreides? But the Bean Gesserit and the Emperor himself? I still can't get into that series. I couldn't do the first movie. I tried I don't know how many times. Then I tried the new movie a couple times. and uh, Just so dark, slow, boring. (laughs) Even with having some popular people... uh, starring in it i still couldn't get into the new one so i am not gonna check out the comic versions but that is up to you if you enjoy those everything sucks all cats go to hell one shot by silver sprocket (laughs) everyone loves cats but no one knows the truth they're maliciously smart can't be trusted, and may actually understand how deadbolts work. Honestly, he really shouldn't be left alone with them. This Everything Sucks comic can be read as a standalone and includes a foil cardstock cover and a sticker sheet. Uh, The other Everything Sucks comic I recall being somewhat fun. This one, Messing with Cats, yeah, that's definitely my little shithead right now is looking all cute, curled up in a ball sleeping, but the little prick had me up at 12.30 last night till 6 6 o'clock this morning, and no damn reason. It was dark out, there were no critters out there for him to play with, I don't know what the heck he was obsessed with, but he... Played outside for a couple hours during it. Now a little shithead sleeping. He's going to wake me up again as soon as I try and fall asleep. They got Flash number 123. Facsimile edition. If that means anything to anybody that wants to get a relook at the past. We have a Flash 1 Minute War special number 1 one shot. This is One Minute War Part 1 by DC Comics. I don't know why it's a one-shot, but or if it's coming out as a different character for the other part. A lot can happen in 60 seconds as the Flash event, One Minute War, rages on. Writer Jeremy Adams gives you further insights into the alien speedster race that has invaded Central City and how the Flash... Flash family fights back. I know nothing about the 60, the one minute war, the 60 second war, or whatever it is. Oh, okay. The one minute war part two is Flash volume five, number 791. So if you get those two together, you get part one and part two right there. And they have a Flintstones Betty Rubble Art Scale 110 statue by Iron Studios. Yabba dabba doo. Gotta add the Flintstones characters. They're classics. Then we have Freelance Season 2, number 1 of 5 from Comic House. While Freelance, a.k.a. Lance Valiant, and his companions John Cabot and Tasha Kolchak are fresh off their latest job of dealing justice to Apollyon, 
it comes to their attention that there are more and more factions working to harness the energies of the mysterious rift. As Lance and his team try and stay ahead of those that seek the rift, a mysterious glowing future seems to be one step ahead. And what's more, seems very familiar with Lance. From shark gods to swordsmen, there's never a dull moment for Freelance. I know nothing about that character. They're also coming out with a sketch cover that you can get a sketch done on for just a few dollars. That's so a pretty good deal if you want to get a sketch cover of a character. But I don't know that character, so they have a fun girl, fun girl, Volva Viking one shot. Interesting. By Silver Sprocket. Fun Girl is turning her life around. She's got a new job, slinging corn dogs, and snagged a date with a handsome influencer. But when things get steamy, her pelvic pumps prove a little too powerful. Is Fun Girl truly a murderous muff monster? Or could her newfound strength save the day? <laughs> oh my. That definitely sounds interesting. Alright, we got G.I. Joe Missions Critical Heavy Firepower Expansion. They have a, it looked like they had a variety of expansions. I don't know if that's an ongoing game or a series or something like that. But it's by Renegade Game Studios. Then we got Godzilla Rivals Rodin vs. Ebera, which I don't know who Ebera, which one Ebera is. Number one one shot by IDW Publishing. See if I can recognize it by the cover. They don't. Oh, it's kind of it's that big bug, kind of like a flying beetle-y looking thing. I kind of remember that character. I don't remember ever hearing its name though before. Hundreds of kilometers above Tokyo orbits Parasol, science facility, connected to terra firma by a massive space elevator. Together, two incredible feats of engineering and international cooperation, but when the subdued Kaiju Roden and Evera arrive at the lab's mysterious Section X, all that threatens to come crashing down Literally, when the pair escape their confines and tear into each other. With the two titans locked in battle and plummeting to earth down the space elevator shaft, it's up to a team of scientists to stop them before their velocity is truly terminal for them and for humanity. Got a Green Hornet, One Night in Bangkok, number one. One shot by Dynamite Entertainment. The Green Hornet returns in the all-new epic One Night in Bangkok. The son of a criminal, the Green Hornet, once sent to prison, has grown up vowing vengeance on the costume crime fighter, and with the training of the world's foremost assassin, the man known only as Snake will at least have his revenge. Descending on Sentry City, Snake sets out on a bloody campaign to decimate the criminal population. All in the name of the Great Green Hornet, it's up to the Green Hornet to leap into action, salvage his reputation, and confront Snake before more lives are lost. Television, comics, and video game writer Shannon Denton teams up with artist Jethro Morales for this fast-paced epic that brings back one of the greatest action heroes of all time, the Green Hornet. This doesn't bring him back. He's been back. Christ, we just had a whole run that Kevin Smith did. 
They had a compilation Green Hornet thing not long ago. They've been bringing him back like crazy the past decade. Speaking of that, they have a Green Hornet uh, lunchbox. They call them Tin Totes, <laughs> which it is just basically a Tin Totes. They don't put a, a drinking container in there like the thermos container like they used to. But that's what, probably why they're so cheap. It's by Factory Entertainment. Then we got Grim Fairy Tales, dark book graphic novel by Xenoscope Entertainment. Sky's Odyssey is completed, but her journey is far from over. Now, with the location of Shang literally within her fingertips, she must explore the darkest corners of the grim universe and discover the secrets of the mysterious book in her possession. Collects Grim Fairy Tales number 38 to 50. I didn't know these were collection runoffs. I was thinking this was just a little side story. Like this next one is, I think. Grim Spotlight Inferno by Xenoscope Entertainment. Marcy Dante is back. From the depths of the Inferno rises the demon-hunting ex-gun-for-hire assassin with a conscious conscience on a new mission for the devil. This time around, Lucifer sends Mer- Mercy to Las Vegas, a.k.a. Sin City, where she must track down a most dangerous enemy with a personal connection to the leader of hell, who will stop at nothing to remain free. Don't miss the return. Hell's most badass soldier. Then we got Grim Universe Cinderella Fairy World Massacre by Xenoscope Entertainment. Cindy is a serial killer princess on a mission. Or maybe a little vacation. No, definitely a mission as she is now thrust like a sword through a skull into the fairy world. She will stop at nothing, well, almost nothing, for a bunch of fairy-related murders. But who knows to get her friend Gerald back. Taking on a bloodthirsty and psychotic being, these fairies don't know what's coming for them. Don't miss the next chapter in Cinderella's anything but sane journey to find herself and a raccoon. Next up, we have Hamlin number one by Danger Zone. A new age. Adults start slaughtering kids under the age of 18 all across the USA. In Brooklyn, Edward, Kelly, Josh struggle to survive avoiding the assault of their teacher and a vicious janitor. Their only chance to survive is to head towards an abandoned metro station. That's just stupid. Okay, they have Hammerfall number one of three from Opus Comics. A vile blight spreads across the land when a lone warrior rides deep into the forest to face the savagery. Savage, savagery, I can't say that word today, and madness head on. His quest for justice leads him to a figure from his past, the Herald, to a dark master who cannot be undone by mastery of arms alone. That doesn't give us much of a description, so how is anyone supposed to know if they want it? Alright, next up we got Hotel Rem by Dark Horse Comics. 
Remembrance Somner is a happy-go-lucky new owner of Hotel Rem, a place for all the fantastic people and creatures in our dreams to hang out when we wake up. Channeling his endless enthusiasm, Rem attempts to balance his unwieldy co-workers and wild guests in order to run a successful business that makes his parents proud. However, a demanding celebrity guest threatens to be the rude awakening that ruins everything. Zach Keller and Gabriel Bagnoli team up for this adventurous and gorgeous all-ages graphic novel. <laughs> Looks like they have some interesting characters visiting the hotel on the cover. How I Became a Shoplifter, number one of three, by Sumerian Comics. Uh, it doesn't want to give you a description. That sucks. Because now I don't care. The cover had me interested, kind of. But no. No descript. No cash it. All right, we got Hush Ronin, number one of four, by Band of Bards. Orphaned by the increasingly violent clan wars that have been instigated by the treacherous and mysterious Red Lady, Young Mingawa, Shoji flees home, lost and alone, into the mountains above his scorched village. There, he finds and befriends a teacher, a mysterious old man who teaches him to speak with the voice of the mountains. Years later, returning to his voluntary exile, Shoji, Shoji finds his world more war-torn than ever. After happening upon the aftermath of a decisive battle at Akagahara, Shoji finds himself the unwitting custodian of the legendary Magunde Blade and its companion, Scorpion Stone. Will he use these relics to turn the tide against the malevolent Red Lady, or will he further withdraw from these troubles and retreat back into the mountains? We have Immortal Sar Sergeant, number one, by Image Comics. If it decides to come out. Miniseries premiere. Let's see. Joe Kelly and Ken Namira return to yank on your heartstrings with Immortal Sergeant. On the eve of his unwelcome retirement, Jim Sargent, a.k.a. Sarge, a grizzled old-school detective, catches a break on a murder case that haunted him for decades. Unfortunately, Sarge must drag his anxiety-riddled adult son, Michael, along for the ride or risk losing the lead forever. Can this dysfunctional duo overcome their own hang-ups, blind spots, and secrets to catch a killer? We have Incredible Hulk number 347, facsimile edition, for you old school memory hounds. We got Inferno Girl Red Book 1, number 1. By Image Comics. Miniseries premiere. A new school, new relationships, new possibilities. For any teenager, big moves are both challenging and exciting. But it's a whole other thing for Casa Costa. Because an ancient cult and the army of demons has ripped her new home of Apex City out of our universe and cast into darkness. To have any hope of surviving it, or saving it, Cassia must survive the worst night of her life. 
embrace a secret legacy, and find the courage to fight when all seems lost as the blazing light of hope in the dark infernal girl rad from creators Erica D'Urso and Matt Grom. The saga of the newest Image Comics superhero begins here. Infernal Girl Red is a massive verse series. Alright. They got Invincible number one, facsimile edition. I believe wasn't that one of Stan Lee's original characters towards the later parts of his career. I'm not sure. And they have an Invincible Undeluxe number one. So it looks exactly the same, just not... The cover is, just isn't col- colored. So I don't know what's the big deal about that. There's a James Warren Empire of Monsters trade paperback by Fantagraphics. And if you're into the... Old school monsters and stuff, and you like his work. This is a great way to get some a book all about his stuff. He's had his hands in stuff like Creepy, Vampirella, Famous Monsters. There's also a biography by Bill Shelley in here. Interesting for the old school horror fanatics. They have a Jungle Fantasy Survivors 1 to 5 Luscious Bag set of comics from Boundless Comics. They also have numbers 6 to 10. And I think we're going to stop it there and we'll get back with some more stuff soon. Alright, let's get back to the things that are coming out. In the future, we have Cayman American Homeland Insecurity One-Shot by Antarctic Press. The third volume of the Stars and Strife Saga sees the Cayman Corps taking on an alliance of their greatest foes to date. Lansky, Cayman, UN, and Vermilion masquerade. The stakes are raised even as the heroes close in on Vermilion's secret identity because the danger may be a lot more familiar than they expected. The penultimate chapter of the first saga of the Cayman America series is not one to be missed. I mean, it says it's a one-shot. Why are you putting it in a classification of a run of like four issues or whatever they're talking about? I know nothing about these characters but I know I have Vermilion Vermilion comics. I don't know if those are related or not. We'll have to see if I ever come across them. We have Kitsune, number one of six by Scout Comics. Kitsunichi Shimitsu is a ronin, a samurai, who has become masterless. After 12 years of absence, he returns to his native lands and discovers that his master's son is a weak man. Bandits terrorize the population, and strange rumors of a popular enemy spread. Torn between past mistakes and a chance to redeem himself, Kitsunichi will have to fight for his life. It doesn't tell us too much of the characters. Looks like the this character might be a sword-wielding raccoon. <laughs> I'm not positive, but that's what it looks like on that cover. Sticking with the tins, the lunchboxes, they have the, a Knight Rider tin tote by Factory Entertainment. There's a Lady Death Apocalypse auxiliary bag set of five comics from Balmas Comics. There's Lady Death Attack Bag set of five comics. And Lady Death Skimpy Bag set of five comics. And also a Lady Death Supreme Bag set of five comics from Boundless Comics. 
Then we got Land of the Dead, Lessons from Underworld, graphic novel by First Second. From Brian McDonald, storyteller extraordinaire, comes a remarkable nonfiction graphic novel about the art of storytelling. There is wisdom in the land of the dead, for it is the place that all stories lay to rest. And what is a story? If not a simulation of survival. Wielding his massive experience from film, TV, comics, and more, Ryan McDonald lays out a history of storytelling and shows the, le- the reader how the best tales tug at our truest biological instinct. The need to survive. Instinct is the need to survive. <laughs> Readers will see how different forms of survival Physical, emotional, spiritual inform the arc of character development in a way that makes them more complex and compelling. And how plot and circumstance must then force your protagonist to meet their worst nightmare. Tony, your Toby Cypress's electric art guides the reader through the underworld, visualizing each narrative masterpiece and bringing the ideas to life, whether you're in film, books, comics, or simply a story enthusiast. This book offers a way to see character development and the crafting of plot through the lens of human questions of morality and mortality. There's a lot of stuff to read, and I couldn't even tell you what I read. (laughs) It's pretty bad. All right, we got Lazarus Planet Alpha number one, one shot by DC Comics. Change the world. Following the explosive, literally, events of Batman vs. Robin number four, the Lazarus volcano has erupted, spewing dangerous and transformative chemicals into Earth's atmosphere. As these Lazarus clouds rain down upon the planet, People across the globe begin to develop strange new abilities. Watch their already extraordinary extraordinary abilities change and witness a whole host of chaos unlike anything the DCU has experienced before. It's up to Damian Wayne to put out the distress call for whoever can still hear it. Come to the ruins of the Hall of Justice and help save the world. Poison Ivy, Power Girl, Cyborg, Batman, and more answer the call. But why could the fate of all life as we know it rest in the hands of Monkey Prince? Oh, now I'm interested. This is a one-shot, so I might grab it since it's got a Monkey Prince part in it. Uh, Yeah, they talk about Lazarus Volcano, Arta Lazarus Pits, the Resurrection Pits, so if it's something that fuels the Lazarus, then would that eventually bring the dead back to life and (laughs) cause the issues like that too. And they also have Lazarus Planet Assault on Krypton, number one by DC Comics. With the world in chaos and Lazarus raining from the skies, the Earth's protectors from Krypton are hit hard. In this collection of epic vignettes from in and around Lazarus' planet, we'll see heroes transformed, secrets revealed, and power unleashed. Can Power Girl free herself from the out-of-control omen? Will Dreamer's vision guide our heroes to the path of victory? Can Mercy Graves survive the transformation she's undergone? And will Jonathan Kent ever be the same? Now, this one doesn't interest me. But now, are they going to be linked together, I would assume? So, it's... Oh, no, they got another one. And another one. (laughs) We have Lazarus Planet. Legends Reborn, number one. One One-shot by DC Comics. New friends, new foes, new legends. Ancient and dangerous power has been awakened following the eruption 
of the Lazarus Volcano and this surge of fantastical power will affect the DC Universe forevermore. In Lazarus Planet, Legends Reborn, we'll explore corners of the planet newly awakened and primed to restore some heroes and villains long forgotten. With the help of Nightwing, can New Hero City Boy hope to commune with Gotham in time to save it? Who are the mysterious trio claiming to be resurrected siblings of Raven? How far would the question go to chase a lead across a transformed Gotham City? And will the flame of Firestorm burn out yet another horrific host? Not if Harley Quinn has anything to say about it. Yes. Wish I knew how big this was going to be. We have Lazarus Planet, We Once Were Gods, number one, one shot by DC Comics. As the Lazarus rain beats down upon planet Earth, human beings are only a fraction of those affected by by this transformative upheaval. Enter Once We Were Gods. This series of vignettes, vignettes, Explores Lazarus's planet's effect across the many explorers, across the many extraordinary locations and creatures in the DC universe. And like their human counterparts, these beings are in for some big changes. Getting tongue twisted here. Can Themyscira survive the resurrection of everything or of every invading army? That ever graced its shores. So yeah, the way it sounds, it is going to bring all kinds of things back from the dead. Will Martian Manhunter survive a psychic link to a doomsday nest? What happens when the monsters from the trench gain the ability to breathe air? And look out, Shazam family. The rock of eternity is about to get rocked. Yeah, all the old Shazam warriors going to come back. It could be interesting, depending on how how they're going to go about this, since we just had all the deceased stuff and everything like that. It's like, how many times are we going to go back on the same storylines and just give them a new look? We'll see. I have a feeling I'll pick up at least the one with the Monkey King and maybe the one with Harley Quinn. We have Little Burnt Embers, PVC figure blind, blind mystery box coming from Toinami, which are basically tiny little dragons that are charred up a little bit. <laughs> and they also have Little Nimbus, PVC figure blind mystery box by Toinami, which are basically miniature baby Loch Ness monster type creatures. Then we got Looney Tunes. I don't know. That's uh, that's an ongoing something else. That's we don't need to talk about that here. But we got Lagosi: Rise and Fall of Hollywood's Dracula by Humanoids Publishing. The critically acclaimed biography. Biography. Chronicling the tumultuous personal and professional life of horror icon Bela Lugosi, poignant Shadzmi smoothly smoothly blends characterization and chiaroscuro to perfectly spotlight Lugosi's uncanny magnetism. On the screen in this fine portrait, his legacy lasts. Publisher's Weekly starred review. Haunting Shadini's Dream... Oh, we don't need reviews. We want descriptions of what this is. Let's see. Reinventing himself in the U.S., first on stage and then in movies, he landed the unforgettable role of Count Dracula in what would become a series of classic feature films. From that point forward, Lugosi's stardom would be assured, but with internal frame came setbacks and addictions that gradually whittled his reputation from icon to has-been. Lugosi 
details the actor's fall from grace and an endearing legacy that continues to this day. Yeah, I don't know if I really want to read about the downtrodden parts of his life. It's like, we know all, I know all about him because my wife being addicted to vampires, we've heard the stories over and over what happened. Just a bummer when you got a great actor that just falls from grace and has issues with addiction and other things. Just ends up ruining their legacy because of it. And he's still got a good known legacy, but it's also got those blemishes now. And that's all they ever care about in the books is focusing on the blemishes. Uh, we have Magic Order 4, number one, by Image Comics. Miniseries premiere, brand new arc. The Magic Order is in turmoil after Cordelia is forced to expel her brother. Whispers of discontent persist among the other wizards. They are tired of the rules they've all been living under, and now a, co is, a coup is brewing. Yeah, we need a little more, but that's been an ongoing book also, so most people should know about it, that we're into it. We have Marvel Doctor Strange, Ma Mong BDS, Art Scale 110 Statue, basically from Iron Studios with Wong fighting that giant octopus, I think. Wasn't that that giant one-eyed octopus type creature that him and Doctor Strange and American Chavez were all fighting? And then we have Marvel Loki Alligator, Loki Art Scale, one-tenth statue from Iron Studios. This is cool having the Loki Alligator. And it's got a little, some hidden items under the dirt that he's walking upon, like Majolner, Thor's Hammer is buried underneath it and they did a good job with that one it could have went kind of goofy like some stuff that's coming up but first off we got marvel's voices wakanda forever number one one shot by marvel comics and they don't want to tell us about this one either so you're gonna have to guess about it if you want to buy it or just wait till it comes out later and you can hear about the reviews. These are the goofy ones. They have a mini epics Tomb Raider, Laura Croft, and Raptor vinyl figure by Alliance Entertainment Corp. And they also have a mini epics Tomb Raider, Laura Croft vinyl figure. The goofy part of it is that they have really big, well, a pair of really big Overly exaggerated, probably very heavy boots that she's wearing. <laughs> but yeah, kind of goofy looking for a Tomb Raider character. Not really sure where the image is coming from, what series or what game it's running off of. They also have a mini co Thor Love and Thunder Mighty Thor Jane Foster PVC statue by Iron Studios. I believe they had some other Thor-related statues also. But that one was the one that stood out the most to me. There's Mosley, number one, by Boom Studios. From farmland, farmhand creator Rob Guillory and Sam Lotfee, Mosley is a satirical sci-fi blockbuster perfect for fans of God Country and Ghost Cage. In the hyper-technological world of the latter 21st century, Mosley is a bitter old janitor on a mission from a higher power to unleash holy hell upon the too big to fall, or too big to fail, tech gods. Can one man bring down the corporate powers who've used their vast influences to oppress an all to complacent human race and hopefully win back the favor of his estranged family while he's at it. Mosley's taking up the holy hammer 
And you better believe he's going to smash some shit until he sets mankind free. Each issue has wall-to-wall content and will feature a bonus story by series writer Rob Guillory, starting with issue number two. Why talk about it if it's not going to be part of issue number one? All right. We have Mother 47, One Shot, by Kex Publishing. In 1940s Germany, a disguised stranger breaks into a remote Nazi megastructure. Armed with explosives and on a mission to destroy a gruesome research project, free its lab animals, and confront a warring sides of his own nature, Kex presents the gripping tale of history and horror from rising star Clara Meth, or Meath. Illustrated in gorgeous black and white art and presented in prestige format. <laughs> they have a cool looking My Pet Monster pastel glow reactions figure. I got hiccups going on here. Sorry about that. Take a drink of water. It's from Super 7 Media. Sorry about that. That's just a goofy, brightly colored creature that looks familiar from something, but I don't know what. And we got Nemesis Reloaded number one by Image Comics. Mini series premiere. The world's most evil comic book is back. Who is Nemesis? And why does this eccentric billionaire who dresses up in a mask and cape want to terrorize people instead of helping them? Isn't that how this is supposed to go? Trigger warning, warning, too violent and too cool for some. Trigger warning, if you don't give us a description, we're not going to buy it. Don't give a shit if you think the character is someone special. It's Mark Miller, so I'm sure it's decent. It's reloaded, so apparently this character must have been out somewhere else before. But I don't know nothing about him. But they have a Knight of the Comet trade paperback by SourcePoint Press. Let's see here. A horror tale for the ages. Locked in his ocean cliff tower, an aged samurai awaits for death in the form of a flesh-eating hired killer. As blades clash, their confrontation bleeds into the memories of a night long ago when everything pure was lost forever. I mean, this is... Confusing. Because now is this off Night of the Comic, the movie, or is this something completely different? And it's just by the name, because by that description, I'm getting something completely different. But I don't know if it was off the books, movies, I'd consider it, but not knowing for sure, I don't think I can jump on that. They have a Nightmare Before Christmas W2 Dr. Finkelstein reaction figure from Super 7 Media. They also have Locke from Locke Stock and Barrel. They have Oogie Boogie and the Pumpkin King. And one that I don't recall seeing much of before. They have Nightmare Before Christmas W2 Under Sea Gal reaction figure. All from Super 7 Media, and they also have the Wolfman. This is another fun one. And we got Nightwalkers, number one of four. Saren is an addict in recovery at a rehabilitation center secluded in the mountains, completely isolated from the outside world. When Saren and the other patients wake to find themselves locked inside and abandoned. 
find themselves locked inside and abandoned by the center's staff, they must decide whether to wait or break out. The decision is made for them when a bloodthirsty monster enters the center and begins to tear through them like satiate them to satiate its lust for blood. In a collaboration with Hustle and Heart Films and Vertigo Entertainment, Sourcepoint Press is proud to bring you Cullen Bunn's Nightwalkers, a new comic book series with a terrifying, fresh take on a timeless horror subgenre. Cullen Bunn does good, but I don't know. It seems to me like he's been putting out a ton of stuff lately, and when you're putting out that much stuff, you're going to be bound to put out some shit that's not as good as other stuff. <laughs> Uh, it's better to focus on less and make it better than it is to pump out more. And, but they could all be great. Who knows? I've just been having problems with some things lately that I've been buying, reading, and expecting more out of. And then you're like, yeah, really? This is what I bought? <laughs> all right. We have Northern Blood, number one of four. By Blood Moon Comics. Nazis have stolen an ancient Viking treasure, and the dead have risen to take it back. Norway, 1942. An American GI, Frank Robinson, gets caught up in a war between a legendary undead Viking warrior and the Nazi captain responsible for ransacking a Viking burial tomb. The action doesn't stop in this thrilling World War II epic when the Army of the Dead begins their assault on the German war machine. Not into the Nazi-style stuff, but Army of the Dead stuff is, can be fun and interesting when you bring the dead into it. Especially Deadites. I'd like to see some of those cruising around with the Nazis. All right, we got North Guard Season 3, Number 1, by Lev Gleason Publications. Bill Wise is known as the hero North Guard. During the invasion, North Guard worked to stop the Borealis from destroying Earth. While he and other heroes were able to force the Borealis to retreat, Northgard was unable to protect his hometown of Montreal. Now, working as a private investigator, Northgard is helping people pick up the pieces and recover from the past invasion devastation. Aurora Borealis doesn't hurt anybody. Must be some character that I've never seen yet. And they also are offing us Offering a sketch cover for that one. If you want to pay a few bucks more and get yourself a nice piece of art, artwork. That's probably the better deal if you're going to jump on that one. They have a Pandora cover crossovers bag set of five comics by Boundless Comics. Then we got Phantom Tomorrow number one of six by Opus Comics. Scientist Dennis Kane has an intellect matched only by his massive ego. When his hubris causes the world to fall apart around him, a dark avenger is born of his agonizing shame. A mysterious figure caught between life and death, the blackbird desperately seeks redemption, willing to fight through hell and back to get it. Got a lot of new stuff coming out this month, but not really given much basis to it to give us a characterization of what we're going to be dealing with with the characters. It's like this one. Just looking at the cover, I would say it's a Blade the Vampire, a Blade Vampire style story. Now let's see what happens. Phoenix Files number one of three from Xenoscope Entertainment. Agent Phoenix's past is shrouded in mystery. Even he doesn't know much about where his 
pyrokinetic powers come from. For years, he's used them in the service of shadow agencies without a second thought. Now, with the help of Avril Williams, a fellow agent and witch, he's finally going to uncover the dark truth about the past. Not, not my thing. And definitely not Blade. If it was Blade, yeah, I would have been there. Alright, they have a Power Rangers Heroes Grid Light and Darkness expansion. Game set by Renegade Studio Game Studios. I don't know if that's an add-on to an already out there game or what, but if you are into it and you're playing it, here's an expansion for you. And I think we're gonna end this portion here and get back with more in a bit.